It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now, this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods 100 bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. Now, it's time for three tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard, Josh Helmer, and Matt Reynolds. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome in. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Coming to you live from all over the... Great Plains, the Midwest, whatever you want to say regionally, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Nebraska are. I'm Josh Elmer, joined now off the top by my cohort here, Matt Reynolds, who I guess you are up in Nebraska, my friend? Uh, Lincoln, so for the Sooner fans that will be headed up here this fall, I guess I'm getting an early scouting trip here. Yeah, have you? can you report anything on Casey Thompson for everybody out there? Uh, I can report. I can report he's here. That's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only report we needed. The only report we needed. Well, welcome I in. I saw a report, completely not golf related, but that's about as good as the report I saw on Twitter yesterday. It said uh, Bijan Robinson is going to have a big role in the Texas offense. Somebody, somebody who's actually nationally famed tweeted that out. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think, I think we all kind of knew that. But thank you for your breaking news. In other news, Casey Thompson will play at Nebraska, and he might play well. He might. You never, you never know. <laughs> breaking news. Speaking of breaking news, which, good morning, everybody. Happy you are alongside with us here for the Gimme Zone, brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems and the Territory Golf and Country Club. The breaking news, the buzz in the golf world this week, as is so often the case, it's the case once more, and maybe Big Cat was playing a little bit of cat and mouse with us, but he hadn't really committed to Southern Hills, and not that he has yet, but that was the big story, was Tiger Woods out at Southern Hills playing a practice round. And, and did did you run into, I don't want to say necessarily that you ran into Tiger Woods, but you saw his plane come down at the airport? Well, I, I've got a few people in the, I guess you could say in the loop, that told me, hey, he's coming in. And uh, I was not there, but I had people that were there. Is that the best way I can say it? Probably the best way I can put it. His plane, though, was immaculate. Um, I mean, it, it, it retails at about $14 million, if anybody out there is wondering. So, nice $14 million. And I had a bunch of people asking me, where's Tiger Woods going to stay? Where's he going to stay tonight? I said, guys. He's not staying anywhere. He's going to hop in that plane, and he's heading right on back to sleep in his bed tonight. He's not staying in Tulsa. He's got no reason to stay in Tulsa. Yeah, that's amazing. When you've got your own $14 million jet, hey, quick flight out, get you a nice round at Southern Hills, go ahead and fly on home, sleep in your own bed. What was uh, your reaction, though, to Tiger Woods obviously being at Southern Hills? I mean, it tells us he's playing the tournament, which 
you know, I we joke that I that I've uh, you know got some inside sources here, but it does tell us he's going to play the tournament. And I don't have much on Tiger because Tiger's pretty tight lips, but I I felt this is purely opinion. I felt like he's been playing, planning to play for this tournament for a long time. I I can report though. This is an actual like I've got a. I don't want to out my source here, but I can tell you Phil's going to play. There's there's no way Phil Mickelson's not playing unless, which we'll have to get into a little later in the show, unless the Saudi stuff kicks him out. He's going to play. He's ready to play. He's entered the tournament. And so from a year ago, think about where we were. Tiger Woods was talking about amputating his leg, um, which, you know, we'll never know how real that was, but it was out there. It was out there. And now, you know, we're going to see him and the defending PGA champion, Phil Mickelson, more than likely, it sounds like, in the same tournament in Tulsa. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's going to be great. And Oklahoma golf fans deserve that. that. That's what you want, right, from Southern Hills. Of course, we want local flavor. You know, any – Taylor Gooch, by the way. I Go ahead and tease that. Taylor Gooch is joining us at 11 a.m. this morning. We'll have plenty of reaction this morning as we move along as well to Ryan Hibble and Oklahoma Golf winning another Big 12 championship. They're set to host the Norman Regional. So we, we've got our T's crossed, our I's dotted, and we're all about what's going on locally here. And we'd love to see one of the, one of the golfers, whether it's from Oklahoma, whether it's uh, an Abraham answer, or whether it's one of these Oklahoma State golfers, anybody with local flavor perform well at Southern Hills. But... Beyond that, Matt, you want to see the stars come out and be stars in a major championship, and Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson there. The the major championship's better with those two involved. He moves the needle. He moves the needle. As a matter of fact, he is the needle. Uh, that is one Tiger Woods. Phil Mickelson moves the needle. I would say yes. He he moves the needle. There's no doubt. He's a big time guy. I'm a huge guy, so I'll be the first one to say. Look, I'm, I'm a big Phil guy. But there's no doubt about it. Tiger Woods absolutely is the needle. I mean, Josh, there was uh, – I'll give him a shout-out. Uh, their slogan is, News 2 works for you in Tulsa. Caden McFarland, this is not an exaggeration, folks. I kid you not, he filmed Tiger Woods' uh, uh, his, his shots there at Southern Hills, not from inside. Not from inside. He was not inside the gate. He was up in trees, Josh. The man was intrigued. I'm not joking. I've got picture evidence. It's absolutely absurd just the tiger frenzy that goes on. And, you know what, give it up to Caden because guess what? He got the shot for his newscast, and that's really awesome. And it just shows, though, how awesome Tiger Woods is and, uh, you know, what he really brings to the table, which is, you know, he's just big time. He's absolutely big time, and he's going to be big time for Oklahoma for the event, big time for Tulsa, obviously the PGA they got to be the happiest. And I'll admit, there's a side of me that really kind of didn't want Tiger Woods to play because that means more people are going to go. And I'm, look, I want my front row seat, okay? I don't want to have to be scrambling around to see things. That being said, if you think about it, we're going to get to see Tiger Woods, which I, I, admittedly, I would love to see Tiger Woods, right? Never seen him play in person. So that would be great. But we're also, if you're going to get the benefit, if you're not a big Tiger fan, all the other people are going to be watching Tiger. So what does that mean? Well, it means the other groups are going to be wide open to watch. So that part of it's kind of nice too. So I, it should be some great golf, though. Uh, just we're very fortunate the way things have worked out. I mean, 
Southern Hills wasn't even supposed to have this major until 2027, which I don't know if Tiger Woods will be playing golf then. I don't know if Phil Mickelson will be playing golf then. So we're getting two legends, and we're getting them, you know, at the at the pinnacle of probably what's going to be back back into their career. Well, and Tiger Woods has won a major championship at Southern Hills, so the fact that you've got that in his history, it seemed like it would be unlikely that he wouldn't play here after teeing it up at Augusta National. But, again, he was really quick to commit to the Open Championship from St. Andrews, which totally understand that, but wasn't that way about Southern Hills for whatever reason. And now, after this, we feel pretty confident that, yeah, he's he's planning on playing this major championship as well. Kerry Cosby, who is the director of golf at Southern Hills, was actually who caddied for – Tiger Woods the other day here were a couple of his quotes quote unless he has a setback of some kind he's playing this trip was all business end quote kind of exactly what you've said Matt I think that's sort of where both of us are at him being there going through this Tiger Woods is playing this major championship one uh one other quote from him here quote I think he can contend he's like Michael Jordan late in his career Playing defense and hitting jump shots, whoever wins here is going to have to be a great chipper, and he's still that, end quote. Well, and, and I actually, Josh, had the fortunate chance to catch up with Cobb a little bit, and uh, what, a, what a lifetime uh, deal for him, right? I mean, he gets to caddy for Tiger Woods. Are you kidding me? He's given tips to who was his legend in his own words. He said, man, Tiger's... He always loved golf, but Tiger escalated that for him to a whole other level, similar to a lot of people. And uh, his son, Banks, got the caddy for Tiger's business associate that was there. Probably the most odd thing that I do want to – I just want to throw it out there because it's, it's a fact, and it's kind of weird to me. Joey LaCava, who is Tiger's caddy, was not in attendance. And I found that odd because – well, you only caddy for one person here, caddying for Tiger Woods, but I don't know. He's a big Giants fan. Maybe he was in Vegas for the draft. Uh, by the way, that is actually where Tiger flew after Tulsa. He went to Vegas, straight to Vegas. So, um, I don't know. I have no clue other than I, I thought that was kind of interesting, but uh, everything from Kaz said that Tiger looked really, really good. He also wasn't limping. I thought that was important to note. So, maybe he has you know improved a little bit in his health over the past couple weeks since the Masters, and, it, you know, he, he mentioned that, uh, and I've got a video of this as well, the side hill on 10, which is a pretty brutal hill, instead of taking the stairs, Tiger Woods just walked up the side of the hill, which is a very hard walk, and he said it made it look easy. So I'm not saying the guy's going to go out there and win the tournament, but, Josh, I will say that I, I do think he's going to be uh, a guy that's come into play and at least has the mindset of contending. How important was that for for Tiger Woods to walk in the way that he did? I, like, I know that's sort of really, really getting into the weeds here, but th- the mental preparation, I think that's important. I think it is. I, mean, I think it shows he's improving, and ultimately we know this guy's a competitor. Right, that's that's what's made him so well. He is so so incredible um, at what he's doing, and so I will uh, I'll bow down to him and give give it up to him on that that point. That I, I think he's 
battling back from something that, to be honest, what more does he have to gain? He probably doesn't. It almost feels like this time it's for the fans. It's for his farewell tour, and I hope the farewell tour is just beginning, not ending here. Obviously, we hope he plays many, many, many more years of golf, but whether it's one year, two years, five years, I don't know how long we got Tiger Woods playing golf for, but that's that's what we've got. You know, that's what we've got. So we got to, you know, uh, enjoy him while we got him. And it's great, obviously, for Southern Hills and for Tulsa and for Oklahoma fans that if this is right near the end, which we know that day's sneaking up upon us, it, it's great that you're going to get at least one final glimpse of Tiger Woods in a major championship. We think. I mean, obviously, there's nothing officially official on that. You mentioned Phil Mickelson. All right, let's dive into it next. There's some Phil Mickelson news out there. Take an opening timeout. It's the Gimme Zone brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, where they guarantee the highest quality roofing, and you can check them out, EliteRoofOK.com. They've been serving Norman and Tulsa, Oklahoma City area as well for a long time. Take an opening timeout. We'll come back. Josh and Matt back with you. Talking Phil Mickelson next right here on The Wrap. Welcome back to the show. It is the Gimme Zone. Josh Helmer and Matt Reynolds hanging out with you here at Brian Vineyard. Set to join at 11 o'clock with one Taylor Gooch. You know, it's uh, I don't know how it is back in Oklahoma. I'm in Nebraska right now. And if you didn't know this, Wichita, first off, thought the prayers out to them because the Andover area got hammered last night with a tornado. Uh, did not go well, uh, as tornadoes typically don't. So thought the prayers go with them. I just, it's heartbreaking to see some of the images out there. It has been crazy also in Nebraska where I am and cold and wet and rainy. If it is that way in Oklahoma City, or if you just want to dial in your numbers, a great spot to go is Indoor 18. They're Oklahoma City's home for indoor golf practice. They've got some great technology. The pros, including one Taylor Gooch, exactly what he's using when he's sitting on the range or inside. Trackman Golf Base. They've got three of them. They're super easy to hit on. You can, you know, find out when I say get your numbers dialed in, it's saying, okay, how far am I really hitting my seven? I think I'm hitting it this far. Okay. Is it actually going that far? Those are all good things to learn for you so you can have better course management on the golf course. Check out Indoor 18 on their website at Indoor18.com or give them a call, 405-432-GOLF. And I will also add, Josh, that they are pretty affordable. Uh, we're talking about uh, one Phil Mickelson there before the break. And you know what? Phil's got some huge, huge cojones to do what he's done in the last three, four months. He spoke out. He spoke freely. He spoke honestly. He got killed for it by the media. Um, it, it was unjust. It was. He's been suspended. Uh, that is not public information, but I've heard it from enough people that I trust that are actually – involved in the PGA Tour that would off-record say that he has been suspended for 90 days, and that suspension comes up 10 days before the PGA Championship. So I truly believe that's the case. Now, you know what he's done? He stuck the middle finger right back at the PGA Tour and said, I am requesting, keyword is requesting, to be able to play in a live golf event, the first one overseas, which is in June. So the key is he's requesting. So for those that don't know how it works in the PGA Tour, Josh, you have to request to go over to any overseas event if you're an American player. And so he's done it the right way. It wasn't like he just said, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm putting my foot down, and you guys can get over it. 
he's actually doing it the right way. He's requesting. Now, the PGA Tour will likely deny him, and then that's when we're going to see a court battle where Phil's probably going to win a lot more money. And that's, that's the deal with this whole thing, Josh. It's kind of comical. The PGA Tour, you cannot hold a contractor hostage like this. Um, you just can't. We, we live in America, and in America you have the right to work where you want to work, especially if you're a contractor. Uh, there's just there's no way around that. So Phil's going to win this battle. Live Golf's going to win this battle. And Live Golf already right now has 19 of the top 100 players in the world signed up for that first event. And I think that number is just going to continue to grow because it's crazy amount of money. Yeah, money talks. I mean, it just does. And Phil Mickelson has kind of been the big public voice for this Live Golf League. The first event is set to be in London, right? That's correct. And he's done, like you said, he's requested his release from the PGA Tour. You're right. It's going to be probably denied and then set off a legal battle, which what happens then? I mean, if the PGA Tour goes that route, is Phil gonna going to go play the events anyways? The, the report I'm looking at here is this is from, let's see, this is from Golf Monthly's James Hibbett, who says Phil Mickelson to play all eight Saudi league events. Is he still going to go play even if there's a, a legal battle that's about to ensue? So for for people out there, to, I'm going to try to explain this the best way possible, and I'll be the first one to tell people that, hey, don't feel bad if you don't understand what's going on because I've had to read, Josh, more than I typically do on something just to make sure I was accurate and I have everything that I needed to have. And from what I've read and what I understand, in essence, Phil can play the ma- The majors are not ran by the PGA Tour. Not one of them. Not one of them are ran by the PGA Tour. Even the PGA Championship, that's a different company, a different entity that's running that tournament. And it's confusing because it's, well, it says the PGA. What are you talking about, Matt? But that is going to give him the leeway to do what I think he's going to do, which is play all eight live golf events, and then he's going to play all four majors. He obviously won't be able to play the Players' Championship, which is you know the next best event after the majors, just because that is the PGA Tour's event for sure. So that's what I think we're going to see him do, is play all four majors, play these eight events, and then play some exhibition, you know, like the match type of things that we've seen him do. I, I, that's what I expect. That's what I expect, and, and I can't say I blame him. Um, now, there is a process legally that I did read a, a, upon an article that said he would, if he if he sues correctly, which we all know Phil's, Phil's going to have a pretty good lawyer. Uh, shocker. Shocker. Somebody who, with a lot of money is going to have a good lawyer. That should at least hold them off to where if he wanted to play in the PGA Tour, he could play on the PGA Tour until that ruling was complete. It sounds like Sergio Garcia will be – Another name that's set to join this uh, Live Golf League, which that would risk, I guess, future involvement in the Ryder Cup? That's that's the thing, Josh, we haven't talked probably enough about, is how the Ryder Cup is impacted by this. They're saying that anybody who joins uh, would, would lose their captaincy. Henrik Stenson just got that captain spot for 2023. Henrik Stenson has been rumored over and over and over and over and over again 
to be playing in this Live Golf League. So it's going to be interesting. Do, I mean, do you think the Ryder Cup is really just going to hold to their guns all because of eight events that I might add are most, mainly fall events, mainly when the PGA Tour isn't really at the helm of things? I don't know. I don't know what direction this is headed. I mean, maybe if they feel like they have to back what the PGA Tour wants, wants backed here, it could go that direction. Again, I live in the world where I would think that smarter powers that be would say, we need the best golfers, the most star power we can get in the Ryder Cup. We need that in the Ryder Cup. We need one of the best Ryder Cup players of all time in Sergio Garcia. We want him there. We need him in the Ryder Cup. But if this goes the direction that it feels like it's kind of already headed down that path, then maybe they are going to put up a big fight and not really allow Sergio Garcia to play in the Ryder Cup and not allow a Henrik Stinson to be the captain in the Ryder Cup. I, I could see that. I could. I, I could definitely see that. But I, I tend to decide that they're going to end up letting him play because the reality is Sergio is a legend overseas. Now, he's really good here. Like, we respect him, obviously. You and I do. He's some people's Tiger Woods over there. He is. He, he's really big time in Europe. Same thing with Ian Poulter and all those other, Lee Westwood. Those are all guys that were on this last team. And, sure, Europe could go the route. They could go really young in this next Ryder Cup, similar to how America was. But the problem is they don't have the talent that's that young to the level that America does. So if they do, we saw a really lopsided Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits last year. I think we'll see even a bigger wallop by the United States if they take off guys like Sergio Garcia and others that are rumored as you know guys that are going to play in this live golf league. How successful will this Live Golf League be if Louis Oosthuizen is, at least according to the world golf rankings, the best player that you've got involved in it? I, I think he will be uh, an afterthought by the time the first event happens because there's going to be guys that come that are bigger. Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, and Dustin Johnson are the three names that are out there this week. Um, according to several people that are, you know, big time, big time golf people and listening to their podcast, um, Kyle Porter's talked about that at CBS. Uh, he's probably the biggest name, but there, there's been several guys that have talked about those three, those three go. Uh, and I think Ian, you know, Ian Poulter, Sergio, um, all these guys who, who are overseas guys that are, you know, sure they're ranked in the top 100 or somewhere around there, but. They're more kind of older names like a Louis Houston. They'll be an afterthought. Uh, but I, I think the league's going to work as long as the Saudis are willing to pay that money. If they're willing to pay that money, it's going to work. And it's going to be on TV somewhere. I'm not sure who will pick it up. Fox seems like the most likely in America to pick it up. It would make a lot of sense. But I'm not sure. Because if you're NBC or CBS, if you pick that up, you know, that, how does that impact your relationship with the PGA Tour? If you're ESPN, you pick that up. How does that impact your relationship with the PGA Tour? I mean, that, that may end it. Because the PGA Tour, although I think they're going to lose this battle of players and them being able to pick their tournaments, 
Josh, there's one thing they control, and that's where they put their stuff on television. They, they always love control of that. There's no doubt about that. I can't wait to see how all of this plays out. I mean, that would be huge if Kyle Porter and if what you're saying there is correct, if they can get a Dustin Johnson, a Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley. They need those types of golfers along with Phil Mickelson, who, of course, just being there, that star power, even if it's not Phil Mickelson from 15, 20 years ago, Phil Mickelson simply arriving and teeing it up is a draw for the Live Golf League. If they can get that and all of a sudden Dustin and Bryson and Xander and all these guys are playing in this league and in those events – then all of a sudden you start seeing maybe some of the other big names from the PGA Tour say, okay, well, if those guys are doing it and they're playing these events, then I'm going to consider playing it as well. So that, that would be huge. They need those types of names. If Louis Oosthuizen is the highest-ranked player, that's, to me, the staying power of it. I would worry about it. The staying power is – how long are they willing to sports wash, in essence? That's the word that we're using, I guess. Uh, how long are they willing to put up this money? The, the Saudis have a ton of money. The oil business is booming. If you've paid gas prices any time recently, you know the oil business is doing well in the world. They're, they're not struggling right now as far as uh, making money. So they've got the money to do this. Now, Josh, do they – Shell it out for two, three years, five years? I don't know. What I do think is this. I think that their model is sustainable if, and a big if, but if they get it off the ground, which it's looked at times like they were devastated, right? When that most comments came out about Phil, it, it killed them, and it made all the players who were thinking about it kind of rush back. But now we're seeing the positive momentum keeping on going, and we talked about this on this very show maybe a month ago, two months ago, Jay Monahan uh, was up there and he was saying, enough about this other league. We're done with this league. We're done talking about it. You know, it's, this is the only league that really matters. This is it. That league's not happening. Well, you are wrong, Commissioner. You are wrong because this league is going to happen, and that's the reality. you got so much money. It, people that have a lot of money, they, they tend to get their way in life. That's what I've kind of learned in my uh, – few short years here on this world well and i'm going to be fascinated too okay phil mickelson not letting him play any more pga tour events stinks and it hurts the game but i can understand it phil mickelson isn't one of these young stars anymore you're telling me that you're going to bar dustin johnson bryson dechambeau and xander shoffley from playing pga tour events if they go and play this saudi saudi league Interesting. I mean, are you, are you really going to go that route? So, <laughs> fascinating. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back and l- let's dive into that. L- let's dive into that. How much teeth does the PGA Tour really have in terms of barring some of those guys if they play in the Live Golf League from playing PGA Tour events? Take a timeout. Come back. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. couple more minutes here with Matt Reynolds and then Andy Dillard set to join us after this next T.O., Gimme Zone, it's brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, locally owned and operated, headquartered, headquartered in Norman and Tulsa. They're serving customers in the greater OKC area, have been since 2010, 405-361-3094 in OKC, 918-984-5475 in Tulsa, online, eliteroofok.com. 
and they've got free quotes as well. So you've got uh, a Tiger story, I understand? I do. There was one. I, I should have said this earlier, but I'm kind of glad I saved it for uh, my last segment here. How about this? This this is an all-timer, uh, one that I won't forget. I for, Talking with Cog yesterday. So Tiger's chipping around the third green. Uh, over there, third hole, he's, he's around the green, he's chipping, he's hitting a bunch of different shots. You know, there's left of the left of the third green is a low area that's pretty tough to chip out of. It's a really grainy grass and just a, a tight lie. Tiger is hitting pitches over and over and over again. He tells his partner, "Hey, make sure you step. Make sure you tell Steve. Uh, make sure you call Steve and tell him about cutting our chipping area shorter." Add some grain like this. Tiger is literally telling this guy to tell his greenskeeper of his backyard, of his backyard, hey, around my backyard, I want you to make the conditions similar to Southern Hills. Just a wild story, and it kind of goes to show, like, look, I know he's old. I know he's gone through a car wreck recently. I know he's got a lot of back problems. But the man's got so much money that, Josh, he's got every tool literally you could ever want including a greenskeeper that is going to now emulate this shot at Southern Hills over the next week and change some things up. So the greenskeeper, I'm sure he got a call and he went right to work, probably had it done by the time Tiger Woods got there. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah, it's, it's ready to go as soon as he gets back. No, that's amazing. And obviously when you've had the type of success, money, fame, all of that that Tiger Woods has, he has those resources to, to get that accomplished. But, no, that's pretty amazing. He's he's gearing up, man. He's ready to come attack Southern Hills and see if he can't capture another major championship, which, man, in terms of storylines, if it's not a local player that wins this tournament or is in contention late on Sunday, Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson being right in the mix, couldn't get much better than that. I, I think anybody would take that. No offense to any of the local guys but that would be the number one story if Tiger Woods is somehow in contention. And, and I believe, this is a question I have for you, I believe he's going to contend at some point. I'm not saying it'll be a major, but he's only pretty much going to play, it sounds like, majors and you know the players' big events. So that being said, I believe he will contend in a tournament before he's done playing golf. Do you believe he wins a tournament before he's done? Yeah, I think he'll win at least one more if he plays. Yeah, I think he'll win one more. And I'm not ruling out that he he can win a major championship either. If the body holds up, I mean, it's Tiger Woods. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It is it is Sir Tiger Woods, and he's super talented. And, look, I like I said, I know he's gone through a lot, but – and that's why I think we will see him contend again. How, what Tiger's not going to do this, but what if Tiger Woods went to live golf? <laughs> PGA Tour would instantly change that stance. They'd be like, oh, actually, actually, we didn't really mean we would kick you out, you know. We didn't really mean that. But we were just, you know, pulling your leg. No big deal. You guys can come play. It would be massive if Tiger Woods went to live golf. Would be would be crazy. How would Phil if Mickelson respond? Saudis, if I was the Saudis, I would meet with Tiger Woods, and I would say, listen, we know you don't want to play a lot of tournaments. We will offer you 
a $250 million deal to come play half our tournaments every year. How does he say no? <laughs> Be tough to say no. That's a lot of coin. That's, a, that's more money than he's made on the course, by the way, ever. Now, he's made a lot of money off the course, but that's more money than he's made on the course. That would be my first move. Honestly, hey, listen, I'm not saying I'm best friend with the Saudi government at all, but uh, if somebody was listening to this from them, that I just gave you your tidbit that you needed the day. They've got the money to do it. So if you've got the money, Josh, why not figure it out? You know, There's nothing that would draw the money to the cat's way. Nothing would draw better ratings or attention than having Tiger Woods. I don't think there's any no. way they could swing it, but money talks. Money talks. Hey, uh, Matt, have a good weekend, man. Sort of teased it just real quick before we get you out of here. The idea of the PGA Tour, if Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, young stars, Dustin Johnson, okay, maybe he's not in that category, but still right here in the heart of his prime, it seems like, for Dustin Johnson. I mean, do they have the teeth to really bar those guys from playing in the PGA Tour? I don't think so. And I think that's where you're going to see something change significantly in their messaging. I use Tiger Woods there just for a second, but take Tiger Woods off, off and let's go. Let's go with Xander Shoffley, a younger guy, is super talented. You're not taking Xander Shoffley away from people, top ten player in the world. That's just not going to be able to be done. And so I, I do believe that the teeth of the PGA Tour, they're fine with Phil Mickelson leaving. They're fine. and No big deal. But if Phil takes with him all these Euro guys and and guys like Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, uh, all those guys have played over there in Saudi before. All of them. So they all have connections. That doesn't mean they're going to for sure play. I'm not saying that. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And that's that's... I truly believe that. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's typically a good way to look at things. Yeah, I just think, man, it's bad business to try and tell Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, and Dustin Johnson, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, guys. We don't need you on the PGA Tour. Matt, have a wonderful weekend, man. Fun hanging out this morning, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds like a plan. We'll see you. Matt Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen, we've got actually some audio we're going to play from his podcast, The Plugged Lie as well coming up in next hour. But after this timeout, let's hear from Andy Dillard. We talked a little bit again about the 1992 U.S. Open. He's got an interesting Raymond Floyd story that we'll share next right here on the Gimme Zone. Joined now by Oklahoma State great and, of course, former PGA Tour golfer Andy Dillard, regular guest right here on the Gimme Zone. Andy, how we doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic doing fantastic i know we've talked about the 1992 u.s open before with you andy from pebble beach you've got the book coming out shortly six in a row i wanted to go a little bit different direction though this week i know we've got tiger woods news out there him practicing in southern hills we can certainly talk about that as well but i did want to revisit the 1992 u.s open i know we've discussed it again in the past but you had to qualify through the sectionals to get into the U.S. Open. And I'm reading a story here from Sports Illustrated where the quote is from you, Andy, saying you weren't the slightest bit nervous at the U.S. Open, but you were at the qualifier in Memphis. 
why why did you not feel as nervous initially at that 1992 U.S. Open? You know, that's probably, that's a great question. Um, to me, there's more pressure getting into the tournament as opposed to once you get there. Once you get there, uh, personally, you're freewheeling it. You're home free. You're in the tournament. Uh, there's a bigger pressure and uh uh you know in the qualifiers there's not very many spots so you have a bunch of guys for not very many spots in the tournament uh you got 156 guys so uh and for me personally the golf course at the u.s open suited me better than a normal golf course the tougher the conditions the better uh, a par is the better for my game. So uh, pars are good at the U.S. Open. So actually, that that uh, that format, the way the golf course was set up, uh, suited my game better, which made me more comfortable. So uh, I guess that's the best that's the best answer I have. <laughs> and I could probably do, I guess, a little bit better job just setting all of this up, six straight birdies to start that 1992 U.S. Open. What was racing through your mind in that moment when you got off to that type of start at Pebble? Um, you know, reality, when I tell you nothing, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. Um, I was never nervous uh, one shot. Uh, I was just you know, in a perfect mindset, that's where I was, my mental place. I was just playing golf. I wasn't paying attention to where I was. I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. Uh, you know, mindset-wise, I was just dumber than a bag of rocks, uh, not thinking about anything, just reacting. And... uh I could have easily birdied the first eight holes. I missed a three-footer on eight and a 12-footer on seven. Uh, could have, Like I say, it could have easily been the first eight as the first six. So uh, I actually played the first six holes perfect, uh, meaning every shot I, shot I hit uh, turned out exactly where I wanted it, which is a is a extreme rarity in the game of golf. So uh, I would look where I wanted the ball to go, and it would go there. <laughs> well, in the way you describe it, I mean, in a major championship, the United States Open from Pebble Beach, to have that kind of feeling of calmness and that type of control with your shot making, a shot going where you want it to go, I mean, that's exactly where you want to be in the game of golf, right? It's absolutely the perfect spot. Uh, and it was kind of, it was a spot I'd re really never been in before. Uh, but it ha as it happened, it happened to me in, at the United States Open, which I couldn't have picked a greater venue for it to take place. Um, so it, it just, that's the way it happened. And, I, and if you ask me how or why, I can't tell you. Six in a row, what the U.S. Open taught me about golf, faith, and purpose. That's 
Andy Dillard's book, which uh, will be arriving shortly to retailers near you. And, of course, when that day arrives, we'll tell you all about that. I have to give a little bit of an assist here to my man, Mike Steely, who tossed this line of questioning our direction. He wanted me to ask you about Raymond Floyd, who, after the first couple of rounds in that 1992 U.S. Open, I'm told, Andy, and you can correct me here, Raymond Floyd was one of the most uh, supportive out there for you in that particular U.S. Open. Um, I wouldn't exactly say he was supportive, but, uh, uh, you know, what Steele was half talking about and the makeshift locker rooms they had at Pebble, I was in the locker room, uh, putting my shoes on and, uh, the lockers were all set up alphabetically. So Floyd and Dillard were right next to each other. And, uh, uh, when I walked in, uh, he kind of looked at me, and he was a games. He was a had gamesmanship. He was a gambler. Uh, he looked at me and asked me what I was doing in the locker room. Uh, a very demeaning uh, question, uh, uh, taking a shot at me, uh, probably trying to make me uncomfortable with the situation I was in. Uh, so. Uh, me being extremely sharp-tongued, smart mouth, um, cocky, um, my reply was, I, I'm beating your ass, big boy. So, uh, excuse my language, but uh, that was, I didn't think before I spoke, and that's exactly what popped into my mind and popped out of my mouth. So, uh, uh I'm sure in a way he kind of appreciated it. Probably reminded him of he. I probably reminded him of himself at a younger age. I mean, that's an incredible story. That that kind of sometimes maybe what's happening a little bit behind the scenes, and certain athletes I think get applauded for that type of behavior. Maybe others it's not received quite as well when they take that approach. I'm thinking sort of. Big picture of sports here. Tiger Woods, right. I think, maybe, in, in the game of golf, very much that way. Michael Jordan, in the game of basketball, sort of sure. very widely known, was that way. How much of that, though, do you think – I mean, how much of that went on back then on the PGA Tour, and how much do you think of that type of gamesmanship do we still maybe see behind the scenes even today? You know, back then when I was playing, it went on quite a bit. Uh, but and it went on on the practice tee on the putting green. Uh, but you know what? Most of the time it was men and fun. Uh, probably one of the greatest trash talkers uh, in golf that I was ever around, besides myself, uh, was Payne Stewart. Um, and Payne and I were good friends. We loved playing practice rounds together. Uh, and the reason being because we both like giving each other uh, crap and the needle, um, and we we enjoyed it when we gave it, and we enjoyed it when we got it. So uh, that's what made it all the more fun. So uh, 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 I don't know how much of it goes on today. I would be surprised, you know, because people are so – so weak and so sensitive to anything anybody says, they take it literally. Uh, 
They don't under, don't understand their sense of humor behind what you say. Uh, they don't understand you don't mean it uh, demeaning or degrading them. Uh, if you know, people are much tougher and thicker skinned 20 years ago as opposed to they are now. People today are weak and they just uh, not very tough mentally. And when you say something to them, they cringe and want to scream and cry about something. So uh, the players uh, back in the day, I call it 20, 30 years ago, were, were there was more trash talking, fun. They, people didn't take things as uh, the way it came out. They knew you were teasing and having fun. So uh, times are different. In terms of players on tour that maybe have a little bit of that bantering back and forth or a rivalry of sorts, it's almost, I feel like, maybe a little media-generated between Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. I wonder if there's truly that animosity between those two players. We, we've seen bits and pieces of that, but I wonder how much of that, again, is a little bit media-generated. Do you think that there's a, a genuine dislike between those two guys? You know, first off, I think it probably is media-driven. Um, everything is. Uh, second off, I would think not. You know, actually, you're dealing with two totally different individuals. Um, uh, I would I would think Brooks is much more capable of taking crap from somebody as opposed to DeChambeau. Uh, he seems a little soft. Uh, and, uh, you know, DeChambeau seems like a figure skater and, and Kepka seems like a middle linebacker type uh, personality. I don't know either one of them. I'm just you know, I don't know anything different than uh, the people were that are listening to our radio show. But uh, uh, I think those two guys, I don't think there can't be that much animosity. You know, come on. I mean, we're talking golf. So, uh, uh, and they're, ju- they're just, they're chirping and having fun. It was, I think a lot of it, like you said, was probably media driven, media feast, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, reality, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it, too. I mean, I think at times maybe both have been annoyed with the other, but I don't know if there's just a deep-rooted, genuine dislike between the two. Maybe there is. Again, I'm not close enough to, to really comment directly on their relationship between those two guys. You mentioned Payne Stewart, and that, I'm glad you did because I was actually going to ask you you know, in the realm of a Raymond Floyd trying to pull a little gamesmanship, we know that sort of some of that in the past at least went on, and certainly you've spoken to that. But I'm curious, too, in your playing career, as you mentioned with Payne Stewart, who were some of the guys on tour that you enjoyed golfing the most with or had the most fun with? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to give you an answer that's probably not. I enjoyed everybody. There wasn't anybody uh, I didn't enjoy. Um, There used to be a big African-American guy that played on tour, Jim Dent. And Dent and I had known each other forever. 
and I had some of the funniest things with Jim Dent ever happen on a golf course. Uh, Jim Thorpe, another Afri- African-American guy, he and I were great friends because uh, we both we both enjoyed life. You know, we didn't take it too seriously. Uh, uh, and, and anything and everything we did, uh, we enjoyed doing it. And, you know, most of the players back then were that way. It wasn't, not that it wasn't a big business. It's a bigger business now. Guys are taking professional golf. They're professionals in everything they do, their diet, their exercise. Uh, all these guys have a trainer, and a, they've got a person for everything. So uh, it's just a different animal today as opposed to it was uh, back in the mid-'80s when I played out there. Last question for you, Andy. Really appreciate your time, as always. And, again, a lot of what we're talking about here six in a row, what the U.S. Open taught me about golf, faith, and purpose. Andy's book will will be along the way here shortly, and I'm sure many of these stories will be revisited in six in a row. I, I would be remiss for our listeners out there if I didn't ask you about sort of the big news in the golf world this week, and that's Tiger Woods, a practice uh, round, or at least hitting the range and playing a little bit of the course down at Southern Hills. What's your reaction to Tiger Woods appearing at Southern Hills this week? Well, my reaction is Southern Hills wins. (laughs) You know, uh, you've got the greatest attraction in golf coming to your venue, uh, possibly going to play in the tournament. Um, If he does, then Southern Hills wins. It's been the tournament is a huge success. And it doesn't matter how he plays. The better he plays is a bonus for Southern Hills. Um, Any tournament Tiger plays in in his career now uh, is icing on the cake. He shouldn't be there. Um, Meaning, after that wreck, uh, I can't imagine anybody that saw that wreck and said, oh, yeah, Tiger will be back playing golf. Uh, That's not not the case. So... uh, it's a obviously he's a huge media story, um, and it's the Southern Hills is a absolute off the charts fantastic venue for a golf tournament, or they wouldn't keep going back there. And to have the greatest entertainer in the game to play in their tournament, um, he will he will he will make that tournament and set that tournament uh, to different levels. Uh, if he plays in it. so And hopefully uh, he's not over here playing a practice round and looking around because he's not planning on it. So uh, hopefully he's going to play and Southern Hills will win. Yeah, I think it'd be great for obviously all of the fans that are from the state of Oklahoma that have patiently waited for a major championship to return and have their tickets and are hoping to see the Tiger Woods and everybody else of the world out there at Southern Hills Andy, not just a renowned author, also an instructor as well, and he can give you some great golf lessons. Andy, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you for lessons. Hey, 405-535-2529. That's 405-535-2529. If you want your golf game and you need to 
to have the same instruction and the same common denominators as guys on tour, give me a call. Andy, appreciate it. We'll catch up next week. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Hour number two, we roll on. It is the Gimme Zone on a Saturday. Hope everybody's having a good one. We are pumped, man. We are pumped up. We are joined now by Taylor Gooch, of course, former Oklahoma State golfer, and we can say winner on the PGA Tour at the RSM Classic. He's had a great season so far, 10 top 20s. Taylor, first off, man, hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Tell me, how much did that RSM Classic win mean to you in the trajectory of your career, and just how has the season been so far? I mean, from the outside looking in, it seems like it's been really, really positive for you. Yeah, you know, it's it's been the best season uh, so far for me on tour, and, you know, uh, we all know that winning is kind of, you know, important uh, uh, for professional golf, and, and we know how hard winning is, so, you know, it was a, is a obviously an incredible week and a culmination of, of a lot of lot of work, a lot of patience, and um, you know, kind of nice to uh, get the quote unquote monkey off the back before he actually got there. So it was, um, you know, it was an awesome week, and, and hopefully we can get get another trophy here soon. Hey Taylor, how how surreal was it for a kid from Midwest City via John Conrad to be playing at Augusta National a few weeks back? No, it was you know as, as special as you could possibly imagine. You know, it's I mean, it's the mecca of golf. You know, it, it, it's it's the top, and it's where everyone wants to be. It's where everyone wants to play, and uh, it's obviously where everyone watches golf the most. I think so. Um, you know, just I think it was maybe Friday. I was coming uh, up to my tee ball uh, or where my tee shot went on eleven. I'm standing there in the fairway and with my caddy and. Uh, you know, you're just, you're looking down to 11 green and to 12 green and 13 fairway. And I just, you know, it was one of those moments I stood there and I just kind of took it all in and I looked at my caddy and I said, this is it. Like, this is, this is probably the most iconic, uh, you know, view in golf right here. And, you know, it's, and we know how, how difficult it is to get into the masters. And, um, and it was just, it was super, super special for sure. And you played really well, Taylor, a top 15 top uh, 20 finish, obviously, finished tied 14th. What was it about Augusta National that that worked well for you in a first appearance? I mean, we hear all the time that Augusta National is a course where you get better playing Augusta National the more times you see the course, but what was it that allowed you to play well down at Augusta National? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've I've had this kind of uh, conversation with a lot of people. Um, You know, it it has this – yeah, this almost just this, not stigma, but people so often talk about guys struggle or, you know, guys don't play well the first time. And, you know, I, I always, when this topic gets brought up, I always say, well, go find a, a PGA Tour event, a PGA Tour course where first-timers go play really well. It's just, it's uncommon, you know. Uh, the PGA Tour golf courses and, you know, the, the level of play we're playing against, it's just, it's hard to succeed right out the gate. And that's why you so rarely see guys uh, come out firing right away. And so, um, you know, obviously Augusta with it, you know, the nuances of the course being more extreme than you know, our normal event, it, you know, that's kind of why it gets so much talk of, you know, the first timers come here and, and it's, it's an adjustment, but you know, I, I, I had a good, you know, a good week and I, my, my game was, was tight that week. And, um, and so, you know, for me, I, I think whenever my game is good at, you know, there's, there's not many courses that, um, I, I can't go and compete on, um, 
And so I, I like the look of it. Um, and, you know, another thing, too, while it might have been my first time, um, you know, I'm probably as familiar with that golf course <laughs> as almost any golf course because, I mean, we watched it for, you know, I'm 30 years old now. I've watched it, you know, for the last 25 years. Uh, you know, it's one of my earliest memories of golf. My sister was born the week that Tiger won in 97. And so, you know, it, it it's a place that, yes, I, I haven't played there, but it's like my caddy and I were talking about. It's like you haven't played here, but you feel like you've played there because you've watched it so much. Well, Taylor, clearly the conditions at the Masters this year were much more difficult than in many of the previous years. Tell us a little bit about how potentially you growing up in Oklahoma and having to face that type of wind all the time may have actually helped you there. Yeah, you know, the the comfort of uh, playing in wind, and as we know here this spring, we've uh, we've seen what wind is like here in Oklahoma, but you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's valuable. Um, now, you know, what people have to realize is everybody, uh, playing the masters is, it's pretty good. And at some you know point in their career, I figured has had to figure out how to play in the wind. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's that much, um, you know, of an advantage just because at that level, everyone is so good and everyone is as comfortable in, in every conditions possible. So, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, huge huge you know benefit uh but you know just there's just that little bit of added comfort i think that um uh, comes with that than someone who grew up you know calling southern california fired up to be talking with oklahoma state former golfer taylor gooch of course pga tour golfer right now and playing very very well taylor gooch in the house with us your First couple around pairings at the Masters, Danny Willett and Jason Kokrak, and then round three, Daniel Berger, and the final round, Mark Leishman. How did you how did you feel about the pairings that you got at Augusta National? Uh, I mean, it's, it's awesome. You know, you're, you're playing with some of the best in the world, and, and there's no slouch in that group, you know. Um, and it's, it's obviously cool to play with a former Masters champion, and you know, I've played a bunch with Kokrak here recently, and, and he's one of the, you know, kind of the hottest players here in the last 18 months on tour. Um, and so, obviously, good to, it's just good to play with good players. And, um, you know, it was really cool playing. I hadn't played with Leishman yet, and uh, my, my caddy is Australian, and obviously Leishman's Australian as well. And so I was the, the lone uh, American in the group amongst the players and the, and the caddies. So, um, you know, it, it was such a cool experience. And, um, you know, I mean – like I said, every, everyone at that level is, is pretty dang good. And, uh, you know, you, you get to take a little bit away from everyone that you play and, and you know, it just adds to the experience and, and the comfort of the golf course. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, all the guys are, are such good good dudes, and, and it, was, it was a blast, to say the least. Well, you've played against the best of the best in college, clearly professionally as well. When you're out there at Augusta for the first time, what was the scariest shot you faced, and which day was it? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, it, it's 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 really true about twelve that like the wind is switching and swirling, and you're kind of guessing, and and the the landing area is so small that it just it makes it really really difficult. Um, and especially when, you know, if you bail out and go long, you know, you're, 
it's almost a guaranteed bogey. You know, you're, you're going to have to hit a, a, a really, really good chip or, you know, putt it from off the green or whatever. And, and the, the green slopes away from you uh, when you, you're over the green. And it's just, it's, it's extremely penal. And so that, that shot's not, not a fun golf shot when the wind's swirling around, to say the least. Um, and then 18's tee, 18 tee ball is, is it's, it's just tough. And especially when we were playing it, um, the wind was, you know, off the left and a little bit of hurt. And the, the bell is kind of up the left there. Um, you, you, and you kind of try to, at least I was trying to hit it kind of up the left side. But, you know, when the wind's off the left and so you're having to hook it into a wind and it feels like you're hitting it through a, a door frame, you know, out the you know, first 150 yards of that tee ball, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's one that when you get through uh, – through the, the gate there and, and into the fairway, you are extremely happy to be done with that tee ball. So those, those are the two that come to mind for me. Obviously, this season has been terrific for you, Taylor. With the win at the RSM Classic, you've got a bunch of top 25s on your resume this season. The the money earnings, I'm sure that, that that's a nice sight as well. Last year, though, I mean, dating back even to last season, it feels like that's kind of where all of this momentum started for you, Taylor. What do you pinpoint for how your game has come along this way on the PGA Tour? What's working for you, and how have you found this success over the last two years? Yeah, I mean, kind of similarly speaking, it's just a culmination of years and years of of work and and dedication and, and just finally, you know, gaining some experience and comfort, you know, on, on the PJ tour. Like I said, everybody's, you know, so good out here and, and um, you, you just, you can't put a value on comfort and understanding the golf courses, you know, hence why I said any golf course out there, you know, you rarely see first timers go and win a tournament because they're just, they're, there's such a understanding of the golf course that comes with playing it in tournament conditions and, understanding misses and, and pin placements and, you know, experience breeds comfort. And so for me, uh, you know, when I got on tour, it took you know, a year, year and a half for me to get kind of my feet under me. And, and as well, you know, knock on wood, my first, uh, my first two years on tour, I kind of battled some injuries. And so, um, you know, once I kind of got over the, the, the little injury bug in the beginning and started getting comfortable on the golf courses, um, I was able to start kind of, you know, get into contention and, and start to uh, start to move up the, the you know the rankings and, and you know get get a get a chance to go and not just try to keep my car but um, you know give give myself a, a chance to go and you know try to be a top fifty player in the world and hopefully a top twenty player and then hopefully a top ten and just continue to progress. Well we're talking here with Taylor Gooch. We're gonna go ahead and say it's PJ Tour star now. He's ranked number thirty four in the world. You know, we were, Taylor, we were talking the last few weeks on the show about what would be a great story for the PGA at Southern Hills. And one of my comments would be a great story would be somebody like Taylor Gooch with local flavor going out and making a big run or even winning this thing. Tell me, you probably played Southern Hills a bunch in your life. How does that course fit your game? And is it possible? Can you get the major on this one? I mean, it's, it's the goal, you know, um, I think I've, I've played that course enough to be, you know, feel like I have a little bit of an advantage. And I mean, it's, it's super cool to think about, you know, winning a, a major championship on a Perry Maxwell in Oklahoma. I mean, it, it, 
be tough to, to get much cooler of a story for me than that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the golf course. Um, it's a, it's a big boy course and, and, you know, you can't fake it out there. So, um, I'm super excited about it and, and it's always nice to be on bent greens. We don't play a whole bunch of bent greens, uh, on the PGA tour. And for me, you know, obviously that's, that's my comfort zone growing up on, on those style of greens. And so, yeah, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna give it a shot. And, um, you know, I've, played enough major championship golf now and you know i've had some success uh and kind of gotten into the thick of things here and there and so um yeah i mean i'm not going there to try to have a good week you know uh like i said we're, we're trying to trying to get some more trophies so that why, why not go and get one there just just in general taylor how great is it for the state of oklahoma i mean obviously we're we're an Oklahoma golf show. We're, we're very focused on what's going on with the local golfers around here and the courses around here. So just from your perspective, how great is it to have major championship golf back in the state of Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just – it doesn't get much cooler than that. I'm sure about every golf fan uh, saw that Tiger was playing at Southern the other day, so that's just another added, you know, you know just – how cool is it to to be able to see Tiger go play out at a course here in Oklahoma on a major championship level? You know, it, it's it's hard to put in words how cool it is. And you know, I I'm so I'm an Oklahoma kid through and through. There's you know, I grew up here, I went to school here, and I, and I still live here. So for me, I, I love everything about Oklahoma. I love that you know, Oklahoma golf is in such a good spot from junior golf to college golf to you know, still having a bunch of pros uh, that live here and. Um, you know, it just continues to validate that, you know, Oklahoma is, it's may not, uh, on a national or international level, you know, historically be viewed as uh, a, a golf hotspot, but, you know, it's just another example of, you know, let's, let's continue to grow the, the reputation of Oklahoma as being a, a good golf state. Well, Taylor, you hit on something. It was a great transition. It's almost like we queued you up. Let's talk a little bit about college golf. Your alma mater has historically been the big dog in the state. Over the last decade, though, Oklahoma's really reared their head, and you know they just had a great battle at the Big 12 championship. Those two teams should be, you know, top ten favorites for sure playing the national championship. How about that, and how great that competition has got between those two schools? No, it's, I mean, it's awesome. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Oklahoma State has historically, like you said, been, been the, the top spot, but, you know, Oklahoma getting better and better, it's, it's just gonna, it's just gonna make OSU that much better, too. So, uh, I love it. Coach Hibble's doing a great job. Um, you know, they have, they have some tough players there and, and some good players. And so, uh, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to watch, uh, here the postseason, see what, see what all happens. And, you know, it's just like I said. You know, even though I went to Oklahoma State, I just I love the the, the fact that you know Oklahoma is, is doing so well, and, and Oklahoma golf in general uh, is just it's doing well. And you, like I said, you look at every level, and, and there's success that's happening, and so um, it's it's awesome. And, and I hope they can uh, have a have a nice little postseason run here to both of the schools. Step one, Taylor, is obviously getting players like Taylor Gooch on campus, but. F- just from your standpoint, why has Oklahoma State been able to be as successful for as long as they have? Yeah, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time uh, someone has asked that, especially like foreign guys uh, on tour, they'll be like, so why, why is Oklahoma State always getting these good players? Um, 
And I mean, it's just environment, you know, uh, from, from the beginning, um, you know, Coach Harris and then Coach Holder uh, and then Coach McGraw and, and now Coach Bradden, you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, there's only been a handful of coaches at Oklahoma State, and it's because, you know, the environment just breeds success. And, and they obviously laid a foundation early on that, you know, made a stamp and called you off to, to let everyone know, like, if you want to, you know, if you want to come play for national championships, you know, this is where you want to go. And if obviously if you want to play at the next level, this is this is the spot. You know, I, I think, you know, over the last couple of decades, we've, you know, shown that uh, we are kind of the school that, you know, year in and year out has as many, uh, you know, PJ Tour players as any other school in the country. And, you know, it, it's, it's a huge draw, you know, for me, I actually grew up, my entire family went to OU. And so, you know, for me, it wasn't just a, you know, foregone conclusion. I was going to go to OSU. And, you know, for me, I knew that I wanted to play golf on the PGA tour. And that's why I chose Oklahoma state because, you know, I know that to get to the PGA tour, if I can go and have some success, success at Oklahoma state, you know, there's a, there's a good chance I'm going to have a, you know, a chance at playing at the next level. And so, um, you know, it's. I always tell people, I don't know how a recruit can go take a visit to Oklahoma State and walk down the hallways of Carson Creek and see all the All American plaques and all the Big 12 and Big 8 championships and national championships and Player of the Years and you know just all these trophies and accolades and you know awards and it's like I don't see how a kid could walk down that those hallways and think, eh, I don't want to be a part of this or nah, I don't want to add to this. Um, so it's a, it's a special place, and um, you know I'm grateful to have had the chance to to play there. Well, I can't even imagine the honor that would have been. I mean, it, I just having played there many times, you just walk in the hallways, you just have goosebumps. Taylor, before we get you out of here, want to say thank you for your time. Well, let's cover two last things. I want, would you tell everybody about your foundation, your big event coming up, and how they can be a part and contribute to that foundation to help give back. And cover what your schedule is going to be uh, before the PGA Championship. Yeah, so um, I have this week off and then next week off. Uh, and then I'm going to play the Byron Nelson. Uh, and then after the Byron Nelson is obviously the uh, PGA Championship. And so, uh, you know, I got a couple of kind of local tournaments coming up, which will be nice. And, uh, and then after the PGA Championship, uh, the following day, Monday, uh, we are having our first uh, event for the foundation. We're having a, a fundraiser golf tournament. And uh, long story short, my, my wife and I for a while have had, um, you know, aspirations and dreams of, of starting our own foundation. And, um, and, and we, we decided to, to take the idea and run with it. Uh, kind of at the end of last year, we, we started to put things in place to make it happen. And, Obviously, the the timing of having you know a, a major championship in in the home state just made it ideal to have the first event uh, be here in Oklahoma, um, and and so we're going to have a, a tournament, like I said, a fundraiser golf tournament the Monday after the PJ Championship concludes uh, at Tulsa Country Club, and um, and it's going to be awesome. Um, the the best way to get involved is uh, is our website, it's at TaylorGoochFoundation.org. Um, and we are, we're, you know, at least here in the beginning, um, you know, we're, we're going to do everything local. Every, everything that we're going to benefit is going to be local. And like I said, I'm, I'm 
an Oklahoma kid through and through. And so the, the idea of being able to help out kids here locally uh, on, on every level, whether it's through athletics, uh, whether it's through education, uh, whether it's just through opportunities, that's, that's kind of our goal is, is to impact the youth here. And uh, obviously, you know, golf being uh, such a blessing to me, you know, to be able to give back to Oklahoma golf uh, at the junior level is, is a dream come true. And we're, we're going to work with the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour, um, and, and you know, hopefully make a make a good impact uh, in helping kids out there. So, um, we we got some cool ideas, and and you know, we've been fortunate to have some uh, some people partner with us early to to really get this going and, and to really help us out so that we can help uh, others out. And um, it's just a dream come true, and I'm excited to see uh, you know what we can do and how we can help. Well, Taylor, hey, again, like Brian said, thank you so much for joining us. That's awesome what you got going with the foundation. Of course, we're big-time fans of you. We're, we're pulling for you at the Byron Nelson, the PGA Championship, and obviously what's coming up beyond that. But, again, hey, thank you so much, Taylor, for taking time out for us, and best of luck here these next couple of weeks, this next month and beyond. All right. I appreciate having me on, guys. Y'all keep it going, and uh, and and I look forward to coming back on again soon, maybe after I hoist the trophy in Tulsa. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. See you, Taylor. All right. Have a good one. I like that idea, Brian. That's that's about as good as it could get, right? Hoist that trophy in Tulsa, and then we'll, we'll get him right back on. Oh, that would be fantastic. I, you know what I'm going to do, Josh? I'm going to Vegas the week before that. He just sold me. I'm buying Taylor Gooch, big ticket, just like I did for the Masters winner. I'm getting Taylor Gooch, big ticket. And if that thing wins, we're donating that money to the foundation. How about that? I love it. That's a, a fantastic idea. Man, Taylor Gooch was awesome. Obviously, we'll uh, podcast that as soon as we get done with the show this morning for anybody that maybe tuned in halfway through or late or missed it or whatever. But anyways, Taylor Gooch, thank you so much for coming on. We're we're do a break. We'll come back. We'll... Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Taylor Gooch and some of the things he had to say there. Obviously, Oklahoma men's golf, they just won a Big 12 championship. We'll dive into that as well this hour. And we haven't gotten your thoughts, Brian, on Tiger Woods down at Southern Hills. Taylor mentioned it there. That's been the big story in golf. So we'll dive into all of those topics coming up next and throughout the rest of this hour. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Back after this. Gimme Zone, back with you. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. As always, brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems. Locally owned and operated, headquartered in both Norman and Tulsa, serving customers in the greater Oklahoma City area since 2010. They've got free quotes, affordable pricing. The number to call in Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094 or out in Tulsa for our friends uh, out east, 918-984-5475, online eliteroofok.com. Well, that was pretty awesome hope everybody enjoyed getting to hear from taylor gooch what grabbed you from that conversation brian well josh i think it's pretty obvious he's so likable how can you not like that guy he's number 34 in the world and you would never know it the guy is so humble leading the tour in eagles by the way so he hits the long ball and can make the putt you know it would be so fantastic if that guy won at Southern Hills. I could really, really get behind that. I mean, just having a local guy, imagine he takes down Tiger or Phil on a Sunday battle. 
I mean, that's you couldn't script it any better than that. The the only other thing that Tiger or Phil being in the mix would be great. Having one other local Thai player sort of dueling with Taylor Gooch would be pretty exciting. Yeah, it really would. You know, I, I'm i a big Ricky Fowler fan, and we've talked about it, that he's probably not putting as much time in the game as he used to, but I sure would like to see Ricky resurface and play well. I've just always been a fan of his and love the way he rocked the Puma. And I, You know, that'd be a guy I'd root for, but uh, there's a lot of other guys. Abe Answer, right? How about Abe Answer? I mean, a little bedlam battle on Sunday? How about that from Southern Hills? That would be pretty exciting. Hey, that'll be a good line of questioning going forward the next time we get Taylor Gooch on. It's got to be a source of pride, right, to be the guy leading the tour in Eagles? Yes. Yes. That's hard to do, by the way. Very hard to do. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. I thought it was cool, too, what he had to say about Oklahoma State. We, you know, on this show spend a lot of time talking about well, how Taylor Gooch, how Abraham Answer, Ricky Fowler, all these guys with the Oklahoma and Oklahoma State ties, how they're doing on tour. But we talk a lot about just the, the colleges and their performances as well. And I thought it was cool to hear his perspective on what it's like walking around up there at Karsten Creek, what it means to be one of the, the guys that is out on tour leading sort of the charge for that program and what it meant to play at Oklahoma State. Yeah, you know, it, it's a fantastic facility. And not that Oklahoma State needed that facility to jumpstart them because they've had tradition for 70 years, you know, all the way back to Labor and Harris. But that course really changed everything. I mean, because it is a true championship golf course. And I think what it did is it woke up people enormous and said, we need a championship golf course also which, oh, by the way, we do have now, which is fantastic. No doubt. Yeah, it's both facilities at each of the two universities are tremendous. He sounded confident to me, Brian, just listening to him talk. And, you know, I thought it was interesting, too, what he had to say just about, you know, I, we, I sort of asked him, why is it that at Augusta National we hear this narrative for – First-year players or first-trip players to Augusta National, you don't expect them to know the course as well or perform as well. I thought it was a good response that he offered up that, look, you know, we say that a lot about Augusta National because it's a major championship, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, by the way, people. We say that a lot about Augusta National because it's a major championship and we get so much attention on the Masters. That's the case everywhere on the PGA Tour that you just don't typically go win somewhere that you've not seen before. Well, the difference, I think, is, Josh, a lot of times these guys have seen some of the other PGA courses because they're so much easier to get on. I mean, a PGA Tour pro or even your local pro on many of these courses that these guys play at regular tour shops can make a phone call and get you on. That's not the case at Augusta National. You don't just make a phone call and get on. You have to be invited. And that's a big difference. Augusta National is an invitational, which is massively different than a lot of these other events. And so I did like the fact, though, that he sounds super confident. And I talked to Kelsey Klein. Shout out to my boy who helped get Taylor on today. He told me, you know, he was there at Augusta with Taylor. 
And he told me that Taylor can win there. And Kelsey is a great uh, student of the game and really understands the game at a high level. And if, if, if Kelsey thinks Taylor can win there, Taylor can absolutely win there. And that would be incredible to see. The result there showed that absolutely he's got a chance to win there. Top 20 in his first appearance. Top 15, actually, because he finished tied 14th. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that typically do that at Augusta National. Taylor Good's been playing some really, really good golf. Easy guy to root for, and I really appreciate him taking time out to join us this morning. Let's catch up a little bit on a break. Hope everybody's uh, enjoyed the interview with Taylor Gooch again. Like I said, that's going to be up on the podcast ASAP. Let's hear from Oklahoma Headman's golf coach Ryan Hibble next. A little bit from Logan McAllister as well. Big 12 champs once again, Brian. And it's been a season to remember for Oklahoma and obviously that continued with their win down at the Big 12 Championship. So we will hear from both when we come back right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref, brought to us by, in part, the Territory Golf and Country Club. Coming down the home stretch, still a little bit of time if you want to chime in with us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. What was your reaction to Tiger Woods at Southern Hills? We can dive into that. Hey, if you've got an instant react to Taylor Gooch hopping on with us this morning, then uh, by all means, send that along as well. I can tell you again that the Gimme Zone is brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems. That's EliteRoofOK.com online where you can go check them out. Locally owned and operated, 405-361-3094 in OKC, 918-984-5475 in Tulsa. Affordable pricing, and they've got free quotes as well. Well, teased it before the break. It is the season that just keeps rolling along for Oklahoma in terms of championships. Another win for OU. They rally back. They win the Big 12 championship and give proper credit where credit is due here. Thank you to the Plugged Lie Pod. That's where we've got this audio from. That's uh, TJ Eckert, our man Matt Reynolds, and Coach Foz as well. And they asked Coach Hibble, hey, you know, how were you able to win this Big 12 championship? What was it like down the home stretch? It was a crazy day yesterday. Uh, I wish it could have been on television. I've, I've actually seen and heard from a lot of people saying that they wish it would have been on, and I, I do too. Um, it was quite the drama. Uh, we got off to such a great start. I mean, it was an amazing start that we got off to. And then as we made our way through the back nine, you know, the, the wind switched up on us coming out of the southwest. And all of the holes starting on 14 are basically back into the breeze. And you saw not just us, but other teams too, kind of struggle in some spots. And it's just a great finish to, to Whispering Pines. And we didn't handle uh, some of the holes very well, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, you know, fortunately, what I would tell you is that we got off to such a great start that it allowed us to kind of stub our toes just a smidge uh, coming down the stretch. And, and some of our guys did some great things on the very last hole too, which was really fun to watch. One more from Oklahoma Headman's golf coach Ryan Hibble here. Talking about, again, yeah, how they were able to close this thing down late. They got up to such a great start. You know, uh, Patrick, he birdies uh, one, he birdies two. He knocks in there four feet on three, doesn't make it. But then he backs it up with another birdie on five, six, uh, seven. Drew does the same thing. I mean, you know, Logan, I mean, these guys are, are hot. And I'm feeling it. And we're all feeding off of it. 
uh, when, again, though, I'll go back over to when we stepped up on 14, which is a very unique uh, short par four drivable first two rounds. It was playing downwind and it was a super easy hole. Uh, when the wind's back into you freshening up the, the T ball is very dicey and Logan hit a, a, not a very good drive. Drew hit a, not a very good drive. And, and, you know, we put ourselves in a, in a tough spot there. So the momentum shifted for sure, but a lot of it's just because the conditions of the golf course changed a little bit. We just, you know, you got to be able to hit some golf shots coming down the stretch. And, and we didn't on those holes. I'm going to fast forward those 17, 18, different story. You know, we did some really good stuff on 17, 18. And obviously Oklahoma came back and rallied from a four shot deficit late and won the big 12 championship. Brian, that's probably the most impressive thing. I mean, beyond just the individual performances that we're seeing from Logan McAllister, from Drew Goodman, from all of the guys on this team from Patrick Welch, they find a way to win late and rally when they need to, which I think for them is super encouraging as now we get set for postseason play. Yeah, Josh, you hit the nail on the head. Winners win. These guys, no matter where they're at, they feel like they're going to win. And it's been a long time since a college golf team won as many events as, as this Oklahoma team has. And you never want to peak too early, and I and I I certainly don't think they are. I just think they're that good. Yeah, I mean, I think so too, man. I mean, six wins sort of speaks for itself, right? That tells you what you need to know. And they've done it a variety of different ways. They've they've won going away. They've rallied late, and they've beaten some good teams in in these wins. I mean, that's not easy to do what they did, even starting the day, to be one shot behind Texas and then get off to the rip-roaring start that they did. And then against both Texas and Oklahoma State late, two of the best teams in the nation to rally back and find the shot-making that they had to find to win that thing. I like their chances. I mean, look, they've been the number one team all season long. They're the favorite going into this deal. That's no guarantee. But if you ask me right now who's going to emerge as the 2022 men's golf national champion, I'm picking Oklahoma. Well, it'd be hard to argue against it. And, and the impressive thing, Josh, is for the people listening that played Whispering Pines, it's a top 10 golf course in the state of Texas. It's tight, forces you to hit a lot of really quality golf shots, move the ball right to left, left to right. It is a quality golf course. And to beat those caliber of teams on that golf course says one thing to me, look, the cream rises to the top. How good do you think the just individual talent is on this Oklahoma men's golf team? Well, I think you've got, you know, conceivably five guys that be playing on the PGA Tour at some point. Like Taylor said, it's really hard to get there. And the depth of the talent is enormous. But I'm telling you, they've got some sticks there. Uh, Logan McAllister, Drew Goodman, those guys, Patrick They've got some guys that we're going to be talking about 10 years from now and say, wow, I knew him when. We certainly hope so, right? I mean, that's that's what I think everybody listening to this show, unless you're an Oklahoma State fan that tuned in for Taylor Gooch, and then maybe you're not rooting as hard for the, the Oklahoma guys. We're kind of a little bit more neutral on that when it comes to Bedlam golf. We sort of want to see everybody from both both of the two schools be successful. But, 
man, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it, if a McAllister or a Goodman turned into a star on tour. Abraham answers a nice start here for Oklahoma, but Ryan Hibble and company, they don't want that pipeline to be coming to a close anytime soon. No, I agree. And, you know, with those kids, they're Oklahoma kids, right? You know? And so that adds even more flair to it. You know, Abe obviously came here from, you know, Mexico originally, and so – McAllen, Texas, via Mexico, but um, and was a great player at OU. But to have a young Oklahoma star kind of falling in, but behind Taylor Gooch, you know, because he'll be so established by the time they get to the tour. But it'd be incredible. And you did say something, Josh. That I think resonates in golf. There's not as much hate between the two schools in golf. Golf is, while it's a team sport, it's really an individual sport too. It's a collection of individuals combining for a team and and you're playing for yourself also for your team but the reality is when you do it professionally it's it's a single sport you're playing for yourself do you have any scorching hot takes we're due a final break but do you have any scorching hot takes on one tiger woods you would like to share after this break Let's hit that after the break. I do think we've got to give a little uh, talk about that because it's fantastic that he's out there. You know, Steely had on the sports guy from Tulsa, and, you know, people climbing trees to get pictures of him. (laughs) Phenomenal is that, right? That's pretty good. Uh, Tiger Woods brings uh, the theater out in a lot of these reporters, which, hey, you know what? I'm here for it. One final T.O. will come back and put a bow tie on it. Talking a little Tiger Woods next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Back one final time. It is the Gimme Zone on the ref. Josh Helmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Brian, I mean, we got to talk Tiger Woods before we get out of here. And let me tell you one final time, the Gimme Zone, of course, brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, EliteRoofOK.com, as well as the Territory Golf and Country Club. Do you want to pull the curtain back on where you are today and where you were last night. I'm glad you're safe. Yeah. You never think that you're going to go to Wichita, and the first thing you see at dinner is a tornado sticking out of the sky about uh, two and a half miles from the restaurant. We're getting sitting there, and the, the uh, tornado sirens start going. I walk out, and all of a sudden the funnel just drops right out of the sky, and you see it clear as day. And, you know, it fortunately it was far enough away, and I know it did some damage, so our prayers are for the people up here, but – I have not heard of, of any uh, significant uh, injuries to people, which is great. No deaths, which is even better. So that's awesome. But, Josh, speaking of our, uh, our sponsor, the Territory, I've got an idea. May 12th, Coach's Caravan is right there in Duncan at the fairgrounds. Why don't you go to the Territory, everybody, and play uh, before noon, tee off at noon, Go eat a nice meal at the Prairie House and then head over to uh, the coach's caravan. How about that for a day, Josh? Make it a day. I love it. I think that's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you're safe. Uh, that, that's good news. What about Tiger Woods? What did you think? Well, you know, he's never officially said he's playing yet. He, You know, I think it's trying to gauge on how he's feeling. But he's won at Southern Hills before. The fact that he was out there, I believe it was, what, Thursday, playing a practice round. You know, even the head pro caddied for him. Um, I think he's coming, don't you? And I don't know. I'm excited. I'm not even a huge Tiger fan, but 
but I'm just excited to see him there, especially given his age and the amount of injuries he's had. I just think that if he is playing, the crowds are going to be phenomenal. No doubt. And I was looking at StubHub prices this week, and this was – I guess it would have been Thursday, right, when Tiger Woods was spotted out there and, you know, had some family members looking at pricing to see, okay, hey, can we go to Southern Hills? How much is it? And literally, Brian, by the time night came around, the pricing tickets had gone up $100 a ticket uh, for the, the general admission. And that's the Tiger Woods effect, right, because now everybody thinks that he's playing in this event. What about Phil Mickelson? We think he's going to be playing in the PGA Championship, though. Him, It's not a PGA Tour event, so he should be able to. It's not officially a, a PGA Tour event or not only a PGA Tour event, the PGA Championship. But that's sort of interesting, his uh, official requesting of a release for the Live Golf League. Yeah, I, you know, like Matt, and Matt especially discussed this in the previous weeks, that's not going away. Greg Norman's too fired up about this to let this lie. And clearly what we're starting to see come out was what we suspected is there's a lot more top players that had committed to play some events on it. And I think that's going to happen. The PGA Tour is in a tough spot. I think you have to grant the releases. Otherwise, you're going to look really bad, right? I think so. We've got about a minute left. The Mexico Open this week, John Rahm's leading this thing. Uh, he's 1,200 par. You like John Rahm to hang on? I do. I do. That course, I think, sets up well for him. Our guy Josh Grill's playing all right, though. I mean, come on, Josh. Bank that check, right? That's right. We love it. We love it. Hey, Brian, safe travels coming home when you do. And uh, fun edition of the Gimme Zone. We'll catch you next week. All right. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you. That's it for us. And as always, thank you to the Territory Golf and Country Club, Indoor 18, and Elite Roofing Systems for bringing us the Gimme Zone. So long, everybody. Until next week.